Welcome to the My Money, My Lifestyle podcast, where we discuss all things money, because whether or not we like it, money matters. I'm your host, Maya Fisher-French, and this week I have a very special guest. For those of you who've been listening to the My Money, My Lifestyle podcast for a while now, you will be familiar with Mapuru Maku of Women in Finance. So Mapuru and I have done many, many, many podcasts together, but she's been taking a little bit of a break because she recently became a mom for the second time. So welcome, Mom Mapuru. Thank you so much, Maya. I was so tempted to say with me, Mapala Maku, in the intro there as well. <laughs> because that used to be our intro. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Maya. I know it's been so long. And, and you know, Mapala, we, you and I always get to have such nice long chats um, before the, the podcast and after the podcast. So it's just been really, really great to, to touch base with you. And I'm just thrilled. And we've got to do this more often now that you're back on your, well, are you back on your feet? What is it like to be a mom for the second time? <laughs> Maya, it's chaotic, okay? <laughs> it is absolute chaos. Um, I'm only really figuring out our rhythm right now. I think it was only last week when I realized like, oh, I get the maximum amount of working hours if I do things this way. If in the morning, you know, I'm here by my desk and I give baby to our helper and daddy, you know, so it's literally just trying to figure out how to be productive right now. And how's your, your elder son? How's he oh, He is so in love, Maya. He is, I don't think anyone would have warned me what, about just how lovely it is to see them together. He gets excited about his brother every day when he wakes up. Mommy, where's, where's, where's Molimo? So he is, it is just adorable. It's adorable, oh, Maya. Oh, that's good. At least he's, he's in on the plan. <laughs> No, he is. He is, thankfully. (laughs) But I think it's because of the age gap. Yeah, that's what, four years, the four-year difference. Six years. Six years. Oh, (laughs) of course, because when you felt pregnant, it would have been five years. I'm, you know, I've I've, I've known about the baby coming for so long now. (laughs) But that is, I I must say, so mine are four years apart. And and I think as a mom, it does make it a little easier as well, because the one out of nappies, you know what I mean? You're not, you kind of, you don't have them both in nappies at the same time. And there's just a little Mm -hmm, bit. And, and and yeah, it definitely is a little bit easier, I think, with the with the age gap. So yeah, that's But you've had um, you know, quite quite a time because actually you kind of exited the stage for a bit in from December already because um your husband Offensi was was very ill. And I it was quite interesting. And what I wanted to talk about a little bit with you is this this thing that life happens when you're not expecting it and and why. Why finances are so important for this exact reason? Yeah, sure, Maya. We've been through hell and back, <laughs> but thankfully we're still here. So, Offense had a stomach stomach issue, went to the hospital, ended up being hospitalized, and he ended up staying in the hospital for eighteen days. Eighteen <laughs> days, and this was um, in November. So, I was, t- I think, in, in my first trimester, going for the second one. So, you can imagine the strain, you know. But life continues again. Life continues. I had to make sure that our eldest is still going to school. I had to make sure I take care of myself and everything else. And thankfully, we do have medical aid. So the medical aid paid a large, large, large portion of, of the costs. But there were still some of the costs that they did not cover. And we had to cough out the money ourselves. 
right? Like what? And what? What did they not cover? What kind of things did you find? Oops. So, so <laughs> the surgery was botched, right? His, his surgery was botched. Uh, the doctor left a swab in his stomach. So they had to do, I think, four CT scans or five CT scans. And that is excessive, right? The medical aid just sees it as excessive and they didn't pay for two. Do you know how much a CT scan cost, Maya? I have no idea. No idea. Okay, so a CT scan can cost you anything from seven grand all the way to 14,000 rand. And they didn't pay so for two? They, they did not pay for two of those, okay? Then there were other things because he had problems with his lungs eventually because of being in the hospital for so long. There was just so many tests that were done that the medical aid paid for a large number of those, but maybe two or three they ended up saying, you know what, it's it's too much. And I'm pregnant on this side, so I'm going to my gynae. <laughs> so it was a mess. It this was is, a mess. This is when, like, people always resent their medical aid payments, right? It's, it's a bit of a grudge purchase. I'm, I'm healthy, I never get sick, and then this happens. I then mean, I wonder what happens. the total bill, not only for his hospitalization, but for your pregnancy, for all of that. I mean, what do you think that's, that would have set you back? Maya? Just that incidence of him being in the hospital in November, in no, yeah, it was in November. It was 214,000 rand. 214,000 rand. I mean, yeah, almost a quarter of a million. So you don't, if you don't have that money, the only choice yeah. you have is either debt, you pull it out your mortgage or something, or you go government hospital, which, you know. Yes. Yeah, which uh, yeah, we all know. We all know that no one would want to go there. So that alone was 214,000. Then with my pregnancy, it came up to about 96,000 or so. Yes, because I had a C-section and all. So it, it'd be all of the visits, all of the visits to the gynae, the checkups, I've included everything in their physiotherapy, all of that, almost 100,000. So now we are almost at 314,000 rand. Sure. In one, in one family, I've just claimed yes, that it's... Yes, within a period of six months. Within a period of six months, remember. Yeah. You see, this is what life does. I've worked this out. It never does it in ones. It does it in two, three, and actually threes. And we're going to talk about the third one, Mapala. <laughs> yes, unfortunately. Because life throws you three curveballs all at the same time. So Mapalo knows she's going in for a C-section on the Friday. I get a message, Maya, I'm going in for my C-section. Great excitement, blah, blah, blah. What? happened you all had to go for your COVID tests yeah so on the Thursday we had to go for a COVID test because I mean we're going for um, an operation so if you're going to do that you have to go with your partner you have to go with your partner on Thursday evening I had a webinar you know I'm, I'm still healthy I'm comfortable I'm like the c-section is tomorrow I can still finish a bit of work before I go um, Thursday evening, as I finish my webinar, my husband checks his phone. I had completely been forgotten about the COVID test, right, Maya? Then next thing, he's checking the phone and I could just see his face. It was written in his face and he's like, babe, I want to use the word <laughs> in the podcast, babe, I have COVID. And I also beep, I can't believe this, babe. <laughs> How, you know, how did the, the baby's born? Yep. The day before you're going into hospital, he was going to stand by your side, hold your hand. Yes, yes, he, as he did with our first one. 
Yeah. And as it did you the are, first one, we had it all planned out. We had it and all you planned are, out. Yeah. I'm, and, I take my results completely uh, negative. I don't have COVID. So he can't go to the hospital with me anymore. And so our journey begins. <laughs> But is he okay? He got through the COVID because, you know, very, very sad. The COVID. Yeah, we yes, lost the thankfully COVID. got through the COVID. Um, but he didn't get through it, you know, smoothly. He was here at home for a couple of days because, you know, we thought it'll go away by itself. He's young, he's healthy. But remember, he had been hospitalized and he had uh, developed lung issues at the hospital. So he ended up having to go to the hospital because he was um, having problems with his lungs. So now again, it's another hospitalization for how many days? I can't remember this time around, maybe about five, six days for a week it was. So that's another bill that we were looking at. Sure, three in a space of six months. I mean, that's three hospitalizations, you know, but two of them for illness and then obviously for your, for your, your, your um, C-section for the pregnancy. I mean, that is it. I mean, I think, I think this is just, you know, whenever I wonder about things and whenever I'm, re- I'm resentful of this, debit orders of my bank account, yeah. I have a story like this and I'm thinking, oh, thank goodness I actually have those, those things in place. Those sort of insurances are basically the difference between, you know, solvency and insolvency. Yeah, actually, yeah. many, many people. 100 percent mine i mean if we look at it all together our medical bills in the past six months have been over four hundred thousand, right if you just put it all together you know almost four hundred thousand. if we didn't have medical aid if we didn't have an emergency fund because we had to top up our lives would be would have gone into a spiral you know would have had to borrow money would have had to go uh, for loans personal loans or whatever it is just to get through but thankfully we did have that insurance and also an emergency fund to make sure that we cover the extra costs you know Mapilo, the thing is that i suppose for many people that you know we can afford medical aid uh, for and this is a big problem is it's so vital and for a lot of people it's something they have to cut um, but you know, I always say people at least didn't have a, a, hosp- a basic hospital plan. But even that, it's quite expensive. Um, and mm. then, or otherwise, have some sort of medical insurance. But it is hard. You know, I do sometimes feel like we sit here and say, "Have these covers? Do this. It saves you money when big events happen." But you know, a lot of people are just struggling to make ends meet right now. So <laughs> that just that extra cost of that medical aid is is often unaffordable. It is Maya, and I mean especially right now with COVID happening, people have lost their jobs or people have had their income cut. Um, How do you keep on telling people have medical aid, have an emergency fund, have all of these things in place when they can't even meet the basic needs every day, you know? So it's a difficult one. It is a difficult one, but I mean, it is, yeah, it's one of those ones you just, I I mean, I know, I can see it, you know, you, you, you know, it is the one that you can cut and, and your life insurance is another one. You people are like, mm, you know, my life insurance. But then, you know, we, we've had colleagues pass away this week. Uh, you know, life, COVID is, is very real. So it is. I, and I just, you know, I don't want to make that point. I can't give everyone the solution. I can't. But it is. Um, I just rec- do recognize that it's not always easy um, to, to have all of this. So I think it is important to go about yeah. just around, try and find the most affordable, have something in place um, if yeah. you can. Yes, yes. And maybe make the sacrifices on other areas of your life um, because this is important. Yeah. 
It so is cool. very important, Maya. And I mean, for those who can, who are still okay, um, the emphasis then should be keep those insurances in place. You know, don't don't go cutting costs where it's really important. Yeah. And I must say something that I'm finding now is that people are contacting me and saying, I, you know, I'm, I've got debt problems. I'm not managing my debts. And they all have car finance and there's a massive reluctance to sell the car. So they, they, they're trying to negotiate with the bank, but the bank's saying, well, you know, we can't. And then they're saying, well, what if I can pay half in this storm? And they say, well, that isn't working for us either. And you've got to sell the car. And, and, and there's a lot of that happening now. I think, I think we, you know, everyone kind of could cope in the beginning. Um, they sort of wangle their way through, but the reality is hitting now. Um, and, and people are going to have to make very big decisions. And mm. it's not, in fact, I'm busy speaking to a guy at the moment, contacted me on Twitter, and I said, you know, the car, you, 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 you know, the bank, let it go. bank will repossess it. That is what will mm. happen. You can't argue a way out of this one. You know, you have the asset. You know, if you have a, a credit card or something and you can't pay it off, you can negotiate and you can, you know, come up with a repayment plan with the bank or something. But generally when there's an asset, they say, well, sell yeah. the asset. Yeah, you know? yeah uh, absolutely. And I mean, I know someone in a similar situation, but this is for a house. Um, they are finding themselves so pressed that they've decided, you know what, we'll move back home. You know, it's, it's, it, it's, it's taken them a long time to make that decision. But sometimes you have to take drastic decisions to save your entire financial life before it falls apart. That is such a good point. In fact, uh, Gugu, one of our uh, Money Makeover candidates this year, she, she did that. She moved home um, because, and she, she sold her car. She thought, well, if I'm moving, moving back home and working from home because of COVID, I don't need a mm. car. Of that and she made some massive changes. They were hard changes. Um, it's hard to go back to your family cap in hand. Um, obviously, she's contributing to the family, but I, I also wonder, Mapla, if we're not going to see that as a long term trend. Um, people moving back home, not to live off the family, but to share expenses mm-hmm. uh, and, and saying, well, you know, a, a couple of incomes, you know, sharing the household expenses are going to make it a lot easier. I, I wonder. I think we may start seeing some trends around that. Be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think. Even people going into the workplace, so let's say you've just graduated, I think people will opt to stay at home and say, you know what, let me figure things out while I'm here. Um, Yes, help out with the groceries and everything else around the house, but let me not rush moving to my own place. Yeah, I think we're going to see, a, I think, fam- sh- massive family shifts. <laughs> yeah, I suspect my children as well. I mean, I know we're two young boys. I've got a 21-year-old. Um, I don't think he's going to be, you know, leaving home anytime soon. Well, certainly not whilst he gets <laughs> It's washing down at home. <laughs> Talking about, about children again, um, coming back to your your second time around mom, how are you, and this is something you and I, but I mean, it's when you work for yourself, there is no paid maternity leave, okay? It doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Unless if you really plan ahead very nicely and you know that, okay, I knew that my baby's coming after nine months and so, but Maya... You know what? I'm finding it difficult not to work. Um, and I, I, I don't know, perhaps it's something that I need to work on and not be so afraid to say, goodness, what if I never make another cent again? You know, I think also it comes from being a bit fearful. So I've just been literally I took three weeks, four weeks off. Then from there, I was back into it and I'm getting busier and busier and busier. Um, just because you work for yourself and you, yeah, I think also, again, like I'm saying, my, maybe my confession is 
um, that fear to say, will there be work? And if you forego this one, are you going to be okay? Uh, you know, uh, boy, you're speaking my language. <laughs> That's how I love it. <laughs> and I said, I actually said to, to, to John, my husband, my plan, you know him well. And I said to him, listen, I've got to not take on more work for the rest of the year because I'm pretty booked mm. up. And, um, and of course, it's always that fear. But what if, you know, what if you turn this down? Yep. They may not come back to you again and all of that. And I think what the reality is in freelance and when you work for yourself is you don't work, you work at 110% capacity because yes. you're always worried about not getting the next job. Um, so I think it is something that, you know, it, it can be wonderfully empowering as you work for yourself. There's all these massive benefits to it. Mm-hmm. But fear of the fact that there is no salary guaranteed next month so you you know you you want to take every opportunity that 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 comes your way and i suppose we should also acknowledge that we've been fortunate to have work over this time i mean a lot of people absolutely. work over this time. absolutely maya i often feel like i've got to be really thankful for the work um but it is and 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 but we also need to remember that life balance because we you know you can burn out quite quickly especially now with all the other stuff on top of us mm-hmm. yeah yep Yep, I couldn't agree more, Maya. But um, until I work out my issues around the fear, <laughs> I have been working. And literally, my August is completely, completely booked. Um, so for the rest of the year, I have even had to book some time off and say, you know what, from this day until in December, I am not touching a thing. But, you know, it's always funny because I say that, then something comes up and I'm like, you know, it's just this one thing. <laughs> exactly what you're talking about it's like just this one thing oh this is a you know somebody I really want to work with and yeah I know I know yeah. the feeling. yeah but and but and you said you know you you have nine months to plan I mean that's the one great thing of pregnancy is you do, you do yes well I, I would I would say we had more than nine months to plan because we knew we wanted to have a second child and we had started talking about it um, two years ago already. And we're like, oh, we really weren't ready. You ready or not? You know, we're always going back and forth. But we already had started um, putting a little bit of money away just to make sure that all the expenses will be taken care of. So talk a little bit about that. Jack. What, what kind of what did you plan for? I mean, obviously, downtime from work, baby arriving, nappies. How did yes, you- a whole lot of nappies. <laughs> <laughs> So for me, I, I kind of looked at it in, in, in three parts. So it was the pregnancy, uh, preparing for that. There's costs, obviously. Um, but I think the biggest cost is really just going to the gynae and the medical aid covered most of that. Then it is the cost of the, having the baby. Yes, the medical aid can cover as much as possible, but you always need to prepare for the extra costs that they will not cover. So they didn't cover my physiotherapy. They didn't cover um, some of the blood tests and, and so forth, right? Then the cost of actually having this person here, which I think at this age, they, it's, not, it's not too bad, but definitely the nappies. I mean, he runs through nappies like, <laughs> like nothing. So um, he, I'm still breastfeeding. So formula is not an issue currently. Um, but then again, now you need to start thinking about their future and, you know, doing the work that we do, I'm always thinking about compounding interest. So I'm thinking to myself, if I start right now, when he's 18, when he's 25, he'll have so much. So it's, 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 it's a lot of decisions to take around having a child, Maya. So have you opened a tax-free savings account for Malemo yet? Does he have Maya. one? Maya, Maya. 
Maya, I'm going to be very honest with you here, okay? <laughs> that was my desire. I planned it out. The funds are there, right? So I, Melody, the oldest one, has a tax-free savings account with one of the asset management companies. And within a month of having Mulimo here, I felt like, okay, no, I can open my laptop and, you know, have some sort of focus. I tried, I tried, but they want, I, I don't know if they were confusing the proof of address with Mwelezi's one on the laptop or something, but there was something on issue um, around the physical address and putting it in there. So for the past three weeks, I've been saying I'm going to give them a call <laughs> to find out how to clarify this mistake or this issue, but I have not done so. Well, I continue. I actually raised this complete issue. So my kids are all with them. Their tax accounts are with Satrix. Well, to open an account in a miner's name in with Satrix is like giving, you know, your DNA practically. You know, it is <laughs> easy. And there's something about this is an amazingly easy system. Easy equities and uh, Satrix now they're the same platforms, very easy platforms. Everything is, you know, automatic. The minute it's a child under the age of 18, the system doesn't work. They need paperwork. They need this. They actually need printed, filled out forms. Oh, my goodness. It was such a mission. And I think as a parent, you just, you know, A, you're a new parent. But even as a parent, you're like, oh, I don't have time for this, for heaven's sake. And I do think the industry has a lot. Listen here, people. A lot of work to do to sort out accounts for minors. You know, honestly. And, and I've, you know, I've spoken to them. They said, oh, it's all this FICA stuff and everything. And I said, for heaven's sake, it's a child. And, and it's limited. I mean, you, you know, it's a tax-free savings account. It's not like you can put millions through and, Run it yes, as a- exactly, exactly. It's not a money laundering scheme that you're doing. Exactly. It's only you're limited to 36,000 a year. It's not like you can, I mean, I do think that that, that sometimes this legislation um, and what it does is is just ludicrous. And it, it puts up so many hurdles for you to actually do the right thing, which you are doing. You, you, you're going to change your son's life. And I mean, it is life-changing to have a parent who puts money away from the day you, you are born. Um, that, that compounding is... You know, it's just phenomenal. I mean, I've, I've told you about my son. You know, we, he was two when we opened it. And by the age of, I think it was 12, he had over 100,000 rand sitting in there and we just keep growing it. Yeah. You know, and I mean, that's that's not me putting in. In fact, I'm going to tell you a quick story about it. So I opened it. Um, when I, I opened it. And, and how much were you putting in every month, Maya? First debit orders were 200 rand a month. They were not a lot. Very and cool. my husband... He didn't even know I'd done it. It was coming off our household account. It just shows he wasn't looking because he didn't know what was happening. And we'd had it for about two years or something. And he got he opened a statement. And he said, where did all this money come from? And already it was like, you know, 20,000 rand or something. It had grown a lot already. And I said, no, that's we're putting it away every month at 200 rand. And, you know, the thing is 200 rand is what? Takeaways one evening or mm-hmm. Reason he didn't notice it, it wasn't actually that much money, and yet here it was invested, compounding, and growing, and actually becoming something. Um, you know, we over the years we started to increase it, um, and, and that sort of thing. But even now, I have to confess, I don't maximize it because I can't really, you know, afford to put in uh, what is it, three thousand rand per child. Rand. I mean, oh. he, they have to fend for themselves as well, Maya. Yeah, it's okay, you've done the best for them. <laughs> every month and and that money continues to grow and um and my only regret is that tax-free savings accounts didn't exist when he was remember that's now all capital gains i mean most it's a big capital gains thing there um so maybe sort of shifting some of it into the tax-free savings account as long as we don't go over the maximum um and then i'm you know i'm thinking 
you know, before he becomes a, a fully qualified taxpayer, maybe we should actually be, because he's over 18 now, we should actually be selling it and reinvesting it. Because, I mean, the, the tax buildup is actually quite significant. And, you know, I'm starting to think yeah, about yeah. it. <laughs> you, know, you, want, you want your son to have a tax problem by the time he's, he's 18. You know, that's, that's what you're... <laughs> that's the only problem you want him to have. <laughs> exactly, Maya. And, I mean, with... with so the, the tax-free savings account uh, for our oldest son is with Signia, right? And it was easy, no issues, none whatsoever. And I thought it would be the same um, for our second one, but it, there's just that glitch. And having to pick up the phone, like you're saying, it's just so much time-consuming. That is very time-consuming. I mean, just we're just busy, busy ladies. We don't have time for all these things. And I think that's actually also for me. I just sometimes feel like, I understand why people's finances are just in disarray because it takes a rig and it's getting more and more ridiculous, right? All the more compliance we have, tax compliance now. I mean, oh, goodness me, I've got a friend of mine who's a financial planner. She said, Maya, I spend more time dealing with tax compliance with my clients and all this compliance than anything else. Um, the actual investing and financial planning itself. And and you, as you know, there's absolutely no compliance at all to borrow money. So I always think it's, it's, and you know you get you get the outcomes you 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 know you incentivize or you if you your, if your legislation will result in outcomes. So as long as you have legislation that makes it almost impossible for us mm. to have smooth, easy investing, then goes and massive lobs massive amounts of tax on it. So people have to think about that aspect. Um, when why not? It's just so much easier just to borrow money and spend it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and I think really that is the problem, Maya. But I I actually sympathize with people who don't have their finances together, like you're saying, because there's just so much going on. Then add to that the red tape and the difficulty of just starting an investment sometimes. It's, it can be tedious and you end up thinking, I'll do it. You know, I'll, 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 I'll do it next week. I'll do it then next week is a year later. I must say, I've always said that that's probably one of the big advantages of, of having a financial advisor or planner is that they do it for you. <laughs> so they, they'll keep hacking you and calling you and saying, you haven't signed the form, here's the form, or they'll come to you with the form and they'll sort out all the admin and all of that. And sometimes that is really worth paying for because then at least the investment is done or whatever you need to do gets done. Um, you know, the, probably the same applies to a tax consultant because I'm, boy, am I getting people emailing me now saying, um, I didn't do a tax return last year. Will I be in trouble? I'm like, oh dear. You know, I think you need to speak to tax. You need to speak to a tax consultant. You know what? I will. I will definitely say this about a tax consultant. I love my tax consultant. They literally hunt me down. <laughs> like, hey, remember to send this. Remember this. Remember this. So every time you see that email popping, I'll be like, oh my goodness. Okay, I need to get this done. So definitely, they do come in handy. The financial planner and tax consultants. Yeah, so I think I think for me there there is money that's worth spending, um, and if that money mm. worth spend gets you you know good outcomes, yes, yes, absolutely, all of those things, and it's freeing up some of your time. And I think that's also it's a trade off of time. You know, what do you want to be doing with your time? Trust me, I do not want to be fighting with the tax man. My spare no, time, no, it's a fight you will not win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Mapula, that was just so lovely to touch base with you again. And we must definitely make this a little bit more regular now that you are, um, you know, back at work and uh, hell and hearty and your family's healthy. Thank goodness. After all that you've been thank through. Thank goodness. So. Everyone is healthy. I told my husband that you will, 
not see the inside of a hospital for the next 20 years. Do you hear me? <laughs> the medical aid call and tell them the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. That's it. No more. No more. <laughs> well, it was great chatting and, um, and all the best. Thank you so much, my Always, always lovely talking to you. You've been listening to the My Money, My Lifestyle podcast featuring contributors of the City Press personal finance pages.